Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Afternoon to you. Happy Wednesday. It's a very early hump day. It's the end of the week for a lot of people. It certainly is for us. Maury and Julia show. My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Julia is, uh, as far as we know, she is in the air. That's right. On her way to uh, Montana. That's so right. Holly is here in her stead. Thank you, Holly. Yeah, And of thanks course. to everyone who stopped out to see us at Chanhassen Dinner Theater for our first Santa stop. We got a lot of toys, a lot of cool gifts. And then, of course, people were donated, donating, going to the MyTalk page for uh, the Torres family, Garcia Torres family. Raised how much money, Donnie? Uh, it's over 17000 Seven. right now. Wow, yeah. thank you. Yeah, and then woke up to just terrible, sad news about that apartment fire today. Oh, that yeah. is just tragic. I know, oh, we my. all know where that is, that, that high-rise yeah. right up on Cedar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was so sad. Anyway, so you hate to see something like that happen, you know, with the fire. And I was, you know, like, they were, the weather, it didn't really, what time did it start snowing? Like 9 last night? Pretty late. Yeah. Pretty late? Yeah, 9.30. So I'm coming home from the Chan. Julia and I stayed. We had a glass of wine with Chris and some of our other friends that stopped out there just to let rush hour get out of the way. Yes. So we leave at about 7.15. And a lot of times I've like become very reliant and I just put in my GPS for traffic alert. Of more course. than anything. Yeah. Didn't do that last night because it's dry. Nothing is happening. Rush hour is over. And... I see, I'm approaching the Mall of America, and I just see, it looks like the 405 in L.A. I just see dead stop, all these cars. It took me 50 minutes to go four miles to get past the airport. That's how much traffic (gasps) was backed up to get in to the airport. And then when I finally got through it, I mean, 50 minutes to go for, I mean, that's like epic. Uh, it was just as bad on the other side. On five, it was backed up all the way onto Crosstown, and people were not moving. I'm like, where are all these people going? And were they going to the airport? They were yes, going they into were. the airport because things were canceled, and it's slow going, dropping people in, dropping people off, people trying to get out the day before because they were worried they wouldn't get out today. So you know, anyway, right. it was just. It was in, it was crazy. I thought if I was leaving for a flight or if I was a crew, I would be tempted to get out and start walking <laughs> with my bag. Yeah, well, here's something actually that MSP Airport tweeted out 
earlier today, they said, if you're giving friends or family a ride to or from MSP this holiday weekend, think opposite. Use the passenger drop-off area to pick up loved ones during busy arrival times and the pick-up area to drop off during busy departure times. So Uh go to designated places because if you don't, you're going to clog up traffic. And when you're out down, I think it's when you're up above at the ticketing area and then you go down that ramp, doesn't it go down to just like one lane when you're trying to get out of the airport? and back onto the freeway so it's just like oh my gosh it was just i i I just i couldn't believe it it was just a i made so many phone calls that was the one productive (laughs) thing that did happen i just was dialing a friend yeah probably right at six o'clock when we were done and i cruised but you didn't see any backup starting no Hmm. no no, cruised right through wow i don't know anyway well that's good advice doing the opposite for uh, the drop off and and Julia, I, her flight was a little bit delayed, like maybe an hour. But she sent me a text. Well, I've had a massage at Express Spa. Now I'm doing some holiday shopping, and I might get a bottle of wine to bring to my sister. <laughs> so she was just having an, an enjoyable staycation before her vacation. Yeah, she kind of didn't even really care. Yeah. Well, know? yeah. It seems like everyone was okay because. I think that what Delta was doing when this kind of weather happens is that they give you the option to reschedule your flight. Everyone yeah. was. Sun Every, Country, yeah, Southwest. It's just like you, so and, people are like, okay, let's try and get out tonight. Yeah, because I've done that before. I think there was a blizzard that happened on Christmas one year. And I was like, I'm not even going to bother trying. So I'm just going to spend Christmas here in Los Angeles. It's going to be just fine. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I a, don't want, yeah, that's a nice place. <laughs> to have a, and then LA is having the, you know, rain, rain, rain. And then with all the, Fires, so now they're having mud. So if you're wondering why LA rain was trending today, but plus people do freak out every single time it rains for more than a day. Yeah. Well, the roads get slick out in Los Angeles when they're wet because of all the oil from all the cars, the oil, the dust. I mean, there's a lot of conditions out there that, and then plus, People aren't thinking that way. Maybe you didn't grow up as a Minnesota driver. I feel like you're not prepared necessarily to, you know, give way to the other car or to, you know, start braking a little bit sooner. That's true. I don't think I speak from experience Uh or anything. Um, So, Holly, where are you in the crown? Have you seen episode four, Bubbakins, about Prince um, Philip's mom. Yes. Princess Alice. Where is that movie? Yes. I mean, she literally, her life encompass, encompassed the literal Freud and the Nazis. Yeah. yeah. And the, con- I mean, she has an amazing story. Mm. It, it was incredible. That was one of those episodes of The Crown where I'm watching it with one eye, but then I'm also on Google on the other part of the eye just because I'm like, this woman is so fascinating. Prince Philip's mother. And the actress who played her, Jane Lapatori, she is she was absolutely great. I mean, it almost made you want to smoke watching that episode. Oh, oh yeah. The smoking nun. <laughs> the smoking nun. Uh, but you also remember her as Princess Kurrigan from Downton, in which she had a very funny scene. And she was just a one time, uh, one, you know, playing one, one somebody. Scene, yeah. But okay. um, anyway, uh, I, I I don't know about this guy who's doing um, this series, this Peter Morgan. What about um, him? I don't know. I feel like he, I feel like the show is 
People should not have to cross-reference Wikipedia so much to watch a <laughs> so TV what I'm do- show. So what I'm doing uh, yeah. when you're watching yeah, TV. I do the same. <laughs> because like, they're getting some stuff right, and then they're taking a lot of oh, liberty yes. with a lot of yes. other stuff. I, I mean, this guy, obviously, he's very um, committed to his idea that the queen never has a feeling. Mm-hmm. And the third, I mean, I still am liking it, but it feels like it drags with some stuff the way... Is skipping around. There's kind of no emotional continuity sure. to this season of The Crown. In my opinion, it feels like each episode is a standalone slice of life mm. yeah. piece of history, yeah, whereas it, it, it there was continuity in season one and yeah. two. Well, and they're also taking a lot of time to explore other members of the Windsor family. Which I, I mean, love. I'm here yeah. for Princess Anne. Princess Anne, fabulous. Princess Margaret. I mean, we got a lot of her before, yeah. but like a whole episode about Lord Mountbatten. Mm, Not necessarily. No, yeah, and you know no. what? That guy, Charles Dance, oh, he's so him. great. Yeah. He would have been great to play old Prince Philip. Oh, why didn't they save him? Because I guess Lord Mountbatten ha- is going to make uh, several appearances in several episodes because of his father-like relationship with uh, Prince Charles. I mean, right. I, I still love it, but it feels a little bit more uneven. Uh, yeah. And we are, everybody is Googling and Wikipedia the hell out of this show. <laughs> I, I do it just to make sure I understand the relationship between the characters. Now, who is he? The uncle or the great uncle of yeah. this guy? Yeah. 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 I know. I hear what you're saying. All right. Listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Oh, we're playing a little TikTok. One, of the, one of the viral moments of the AMAs on Sunday night was when Kesh, after she did her uh, new single with Big Frida, then she launched into tiktok from 10 years ago and people were losing their mind because that song because it's back when it's, pop music was fun because <laughs> if you have been listening to the just the pop music lately it's very billy eilish yeah it's very like yeah <laughs> yeah 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 and, and and it was so fun to see that performance it was just really great and um the grammys just uh announced that kesha will present cindy lopper with an award during the Cindy Lauper and Friends Home for the Holidays benefit concert next month. Of course, she is she has gone through hell and back with Sony and Dr. Luke. So here's a little something from ABC on where Kesha is with her recovery and everything that she's gone through really the last 10 years. After a turbulent last few years, singer and songwriter Kesha bringing down the house at the AMAs this week, resurrecting her decade-old hit TikTok in a knockout performance. The singer telling People Magazine, I want people to know that you don't have to be defined by your past or be a prisoner of something that you had to go through. You are allowed to find happiness. She really went through some tough times, but she's made this huge transformation. The pop star telling the magazine that she's been through a rough couple of years, entering rehab for an eating disorder in 2014. And then in 2016, she sued her music producer and record label executive, Lucas Dr. Luke Gottwald, accusing him of physically, emotionally, and sexually abusing her. The music producer denying the claims, which were ultimately dismissed in court and filing a defamation suit against the singer. The bitter lawsuit is ongoing. And even with this acrimonious backdrop, the 32-year-old star says you can be joyous even if you've gone through tragedy. Kesha's big message really is that you don't have to be defined by your past. 
Kesha says she's a new woman. In my 20s, it was all about how I looked. Now I focus on my soul and my spirit, what my body and mind needs. And she's working on a new album set to be released in January. The singer now focused on self-love and acceptance. I'm ready to be joyful and happy and make people feel good with songs that capture my love of life. Oh, Kesha. And of Yay. course, she and Big Frida, I think they per- the song they performed before she went to TikTok was Raising Hell, which is going to be a single on this new album. And mm, what did you think of it? I liked it. You like it? I, yeah, well, I, I'm a fan of Big Frida since, you know, Casey and I thought we were going to see a woman perform when we, at, we were at the Jazz Fest and it was on a, a friend of mine who lives there, Jen. Hey, um, she said, oh, you got to catch Big Frida. Um iconic New Orleans singer. So I just thought Frida, I just assumed, you know, it was going to be like uh, a lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anyway, Big Frida was amazing. And um, with a lot of bouncing dancers who I twerked like I've never seen before. Well, yeah, so, Big Frida is known for bounce music. So is that what it's so called? That's the bounce what it's called, music. yes. Anyway, so they they uh, they're performing together. There's a great interview with uh, Free, Ke- uh, Kesha and Big Frida in Paper Magazine. They're talking music, religion, and they have matching fish tattoos. Oh, how lovely! Yeah. So anyway, I don't know what's going on with that defamation thing with her lawsuit. It's uh, you I don't know, know why f- Dr. Luke just doesn't drop it. Everybody already knows who he is in the music business. Right. You know, the last headline that I can find concerning Dr. Luke and Kesha's lawsuit is from October 10th of this year, saying that Kesha has suffered another legal setback in this case. So, uh-huh. uh, it seems that she was denied a motion for re-argument and a motion to appeal the decision in appellate court. So, seems like they're kind of siding with Dr. Luke, but it's still ongoing. I mean, it's one of those things kind of like with all the lawsuits happening with Johnny Depp. Like I akin to that where there's like so many different branches of so many things going on and nothing has really been resolved. Unfortunately. unfortunately. Well, if you were going to see uh, Madonna at her Madame X show in Boston, she has had to cancel three of her Boston dates Here's what she says. Please forgive this unexpected turn of events. Um, doing my show every night brings me so much joy. And to cancel is a kind of punishment for me. Oh, Madonna. But the pain I'm in right now is overwhelming. And I must rest and follow doctor's orders. Oh. Ooh. So the cancel shows will not be rescheduled. Mm. So people are very bummed. Um, she did postpone one concert in October, when she did that 12-night stand in Brooklyn or whatever, she had a knee injury. And uh, so her next performance will be December 7th in Philadelphia. Well, and she had rescheduled the original dates in Brooklyn. She postponed those because she said she was working. She's pretty vague about the reason that she canceled, but it could have been some kind of injury. It could have been just working on the show. She tweeted... Uh, every night after her show, she lowers herself in her... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the 
major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Corset, she takes off her fishnets and lowers herself into an ice bath. Oh, like oh. an athlete. Like an athlete. So oh. whatever she's doing on the show must be pretty athletic. Well, oh, she's oh. Madonna. Anything that she does is athletic. I guess. Yeah. Well, and she wants to work with Lil Nas X. So you think about that. Uh, she was kind of teasing back and forth with him, being like, "Hey, however, you got to get to the kids, Madge." <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't really know, but um, people are bumming out because it was going to be, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, yeah. Boston, and so. these Madame X shows are pretty limited. So, right. you know, she's not taking it on the road that much. I so love how she's letting us know this is hurting oh, her. Oh, it's hurting I, me. But I, you know, she didn't pick that many shows to do. So no, she didn't. I believe her. Okay. So Miley Cyrus uh, had, uh, I don't know if it was Sally Hirschberger or her mom who gave her a shag haircut. Yeah. But she called it a modern mullet. And people are doing what they do best on Twitter. I think she looks kind of cute. I personally love a shag. It looks cute. It looks a little uneven. It looks uneven and yeah. a little uh, stringy. Yeah, Donnie, so to speak. Well, because you know the whole thing with the shag is, I guess it is supposed to be messy. She can't talk. She's doing the duck lips. We posted the photo. Yeah. I think she looks darling. It's just the way that she's styling it. Because I'm looking at a picture on Miley Cyrus's Instagram story from six hours ago, and is she it pretty cute. Yeah, it's cute. She styled it differently in this photo where she has it tucked behind her ears. Her bangs are a little more side swept, and yeah. so it looks cute there. The first one, it's fine. It's very clute. It's very Jane Fonda, yes. you know. So, and what's her name? Uh, Catherine. uh, She used to be on. Oh, what was the lesbian show on Showtime? The L Word. The L Word, and now she plays Ray Donovan's um, loyal Cracker Jack. She can do anything, Catherine. I forget what her name is on the show, but. it's also very Liza, Liza Minnelli. Yeah. she used to do that, like, shaggy Shag- mullet yeah, she thing. did. Yeah. Anyway, the yeah. internet got mad at her about oh, that. So my gosh. I, I, Big whoop. I, because she it. called it a modern mullet, and I mean... It's, but it kind of is a modern mullet. It, it, yeah, to me, it looks like 100% shag. Yeah, and you're right. Sally Hershberger gave her that do. A mullet is, you know... Business in the front, long party in the back. Right. I mean, yeah. We have yeah. seen some. Well, I guess it wasn't her time. hairdresser that did this. It was her mom. Uh, yeah, because oh, okay. there were the people were the, on the Twitter were lashing out at the, the her hairstylist, and the right. hairstylist had nothing to do with it. Here we go. Oh, well, this here. is about the sweetest thing ever. Paul McCartney. We posted this. Uh, he took a microphone and sang. I saw her standing there to his wife. At her holiday party for the trucking company that she owns. Oh, Mecca. What a great, I know it. It's a fun video. You should watch it. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, take a look at that if you want to smile and see Paul McCartney singing an iconic song. All right, we're going to find out what's happening on uh, the roads. Holly, is it light? Is it slow going? We got to ask Donnie. Donnie. I'll take over. It's beginning to look a lot like. 
Christmas. Oh, boy. Oh, Donnie, don't make fun of this wonderful song. It's time to play it. Oh, no, it isn't. No, it, they, it's, it's only four weeks or five weeks till Christmas. It's the 27th of November. Of November. We, yeah. we can allow it. I love it. And it does look like Christmas out there. When we woke up this morning, it was like, wow. If you find a little Andy Williams in that pile, Donnie, just go, go ahead, ahead and throw it on in. Let me see what I can do about that. Okay, well, <laughs> speaking of feel good, so Tom Hanks always makes us feel good, and he has been giving great couch all week long, promoting um, It's a Beautiful neighbor, Day in the Neighborhood, where he's playing Mr. Rogers, which um, is its second weekend this weekend. Yeah. It's got some competition. People are really liking Knives Out. Yes, with I Daniel the, Craig. I don't know if the Irishman is playing in the theater here. It is. Uh, I know it's playing in Uptown and a couple other places. Okay. It's a limited release for okay, the Irishman. Okay, so you've got that. that right, and that's on Netflix tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but he was on Ellen DeGeneres, and uh, here he is just talking about Mr. Rogers. You are so good as him because it is a whole different cadence how slowly you had to talk everything about him must have been difficult to play yeah mari mari heller our boss the filmmaker uh, would come to me and say slow down there's there's uh, there's mari and i um we uh, uh she was going for this obtuse thing which was sort of like aggressive generosity and I think that's what, what Fred practiced. Uh, we shot in the great city of Pittsburgh, and everybody in Pittsburgh knew that we were shooting there. And we had a, we had a real sense of responsibility. Um, uh, I was going up in the elevator one day, um, and all of Pittsburgh knows you're there shooting a movie, and everybody's very cool about it. And they said, so, oh, Mr. Hanks, uh, you're shooting Mr. Rogers here. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, how, uh, how are you enjoying Pittsburgh? I said, oh, very nice. Thank you. Pittsburgh's a lovely town. Um, uh, is shooting going well? Are, are, are you, uh, you? Yeah, I think it's going pretty well. I mean, who knows? We hope it cuts together, but I think it's going to... Well, good luck to you. I, 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 hope, uh, I hope the movie turns out well. I said, oh, thank you very much. And just as the elevator was... Cl- he got out before me. Just as the elevator was closing, he said to me, you know, we take Mr. Rogers very seriously here at Pittsburgh. <laughs> the door closed. He was like, that was a veiled threat. Yeah, yeah. That was literally, don't screw this up. Yeah. He just makes it so easy. And Tom Hanks is the cover of People magazine this week. So he is really getting, uh, you know, really a lot of good publicity for this movie. Uh, I think this is Ellen asking Tom what he learned by playing Mr. Rogers. I'm trying to, like, learn from him. You try to learn a little something from every gig. And uh, he taught me uh, that listening... Uh, is about a, is a million times more important than talking. And thank you for listening to me right now. You are mm-hmm. you are a magnificent show host. Um, the the uh, there is an acronym that I have now started using in my own life. W A I T wait, which stands for Why am I talking? <laughs> you should just sit and start listening to everybody that comes across your way, and you'll be amazed at what you learn. Oh, look oh, at that. Good advice, yes. good advice. Thank you, Mr. Hanks. Yeah, now this story, I don't know where it came from or if she was just asking about the family, but he's telling a story about going skydiving with, I think it's his son, Colin Hanks. When he turned, uh, I think, 21, he wanted to go. Uh, I said, what was it like for your birthday? He said, uh, I want to go skydiving. Yeah. Uh, so we went, uh, we went tandem skydiving. Uh, tandem, so you're attached to somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. You, you free fall. And as you're free falling, your face goes like this. 
it because you're traveling like at 250 miles an hour. Right. And uh, then she popped the chute and we stopped. And she was doing this thing of swinging us around, steering us around. Oh, wow. And I had had a huge breakfast burrito before the plane went oh, on. No. And so I, I truly, I, I begged her. I'm just, I was like a ragdoll hanging from this harness. Like, please stop. Please, please stop, stop. And we landed on this grat strip, and all I could do was sit on my rump, and I just had to sit there for about seven minutes, waiting for my stomach to calm down. Why oh. would you eat a big burrito no. going skydiving? <laughs> no, just yeah, no. Idea. Empty stomach. I would have to say, my kids are, you're going to have to pick something else to do. Or go with your friend, I'll pay. Or I'm going to just wave at you from the ground. From the ground. Have a nice time. <laughs> he never talks about his other son, the oldest son that he has. Well, Colin is the oldest. Oh, is and then Colin? Chet's the troubled one. Tr- Chet yes. is the troubled yeah. one. Okay. Chet, Chet has had some issues, a little drama in his life. Is and he the son of Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks? Yes, because Colin Hanks isn't. The, he has a different mom All right. than Chet. So, yeah. Chet he, is Rita and Tom's kid. He, you never hear about him in the context of Tom and read it. I'll be anxious to read this People magazine and see if they say anything. Well, in other Hollywood news where it's not going so well, uh, Jenna Dewan and Channum, they're not divorced yet. Uh, they have the maybe the bifurcation where they have the money worked out, but they don't have the custody work out. Maybe they're actually divorced, but it's getting ugly, people. Oh, So last night he filed um, uh, with the court asking the court to help him and Jenna Dewan with the child custody schedule and due to our professions and this and that and then and then to or to avoid any unnecessary confusion and conflict I, we need to work with the co-parenting co-parenting counselor mm. to assist us with making changes to the schedule as needed as we've not been able to do so effectively oh what do you think is going on here well, i don't know but she here's what's happening She's hitting back at her husband. She's basically accused him of blindsiding her. He did not tell her about this. And that he's grandstanding um, for a judge to get involved. Yeah. Uh, sources said that uh, it was Chanum who refused to change the schedule previously when Jenna had something going on for work. And Jenna claims Chanum doesn't allow Everly to FaceTime her when he has Everly. Oof. And Genocide also says Chanum isn't paying child support. Mm-mm. And Chanum's people are saying there is a joint account that covers everything for their daughter. So, so this is getting ugly. It's getting this ugly. Just- she was stunned and super upset because oh. he didn't tell her ahead of time. <sighs> this, uh, these things happen. I mean, do you think um, on well, what Here's is going on with Channing Tatum? Because remember the weird thing when he said that he was leaving social media earlier this year, where he was like, you know, I just can't take too much of this anymore. Well, and it was I'll all because you. of that weird app that he was talking about. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Channing has gone with his bridge called Jesse J yeah. too long. Uh. The bridge isn't supposed to turn into the next relationship, especially when he had such a significant relationship with Jenna. Now, this is just me being armchair marriage counselor, but he and Jenna were together like 10 years. Yes. So it's a significant amount of time. So the person that you bounce into the arms of next, 
Also, do you think... It doesn't seem to work out very often. You pick them for all these other things. You haven't maybe really been sad and grieved. and, And so I'm wondering, you know, if... I don't know. I just kind of think that he's gotten into a serious relationship, and I don't think he should be in a serious relationship. And maybe, you know, he talks about some of his frustrations with Jesse J, and maybe she doesn't have kids, and she's not understanding, and maybe she's accidentally, inadvertently fanning the flames of, uh, you know, just, you've been wrong, this isn't right. right. you got to get what's yours. Also, do you think that there's something to the fact that Jenna is expecting another child with somebody else, that that she is completely moved on with her life? She is engaged, I believe, to this person. She's having another child with this person. And again, it goes to him being with this bridge relationship. Now, I don't feel any better about her bridge relationship either. Because now she's having a child with the bridge relationship. Exactly. I just think when you've been together 10 years, (laughs) I know I'm letting my own personal experience color it, but I think the statistics do back it up when you've been in a long time something whether it's marriage or a long time partnership it, it like the the second relationship if you immediately get into it, you just gotta let that breathe fan yeah. it off so, take your yeah. time yeah he there's probably you know oh now there's gonna be all of that maybe jesse J is pressuring you know should we get married should we have a baby because oh, i think boy. she's in her 30s mm-hmm. anyway <gasps> it's gotten ugly it has and when they're running to TMZ, they mean business. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay, we really do have a fun show today. So Donnie surprised us. He got a hold of Dan Butner, who has a new book out. Julia's going to be very upset that she's missing <laughs> Danny Butner. Oh. He is just, uh, we just uh, love him. And we haven't had him on in about three years. Oh, it's me, yeah, because he's traveling all the time. Yeah, he is traveling all the time. So he's going to be on at 4.30 and then... We have, uh, coming up next, we have New York Times bestselling author. Uh, you may have read one of her books. This is her 17th book. She's written Lisa Jewell. Her latest book, The Family Upstairs, debuted two weeks ago. It is now number seven oh. on the New York Times. And for good reason. Yeah, right underneath The Giver of Stars, the new Jojo Moyes book, and right above The Institute by Stephen King. So real good company, good company and yeah, the, yeah, where the crawdad yeah. thing is still on the is list really? at number four. Wow! The mm. new Jack Reacher novel is number one. The new John Grisham is number two, mm. and the new Aaron Morgenstern book uh, is number three. But yeah, this Lisa Jewell book, I yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I could turns. not stop reading it. Uh-huh. I know you're reading it. I'm you're reading in the it, and I'm in one of those phases where I'm sad. That I have to stop reading it, and then I have to go back to my real life. Yeah. So, the or book, you have to fall asleep. Yes, I can't read to, another yeah, second. I just have to stop. <laughs> it is. It's great. It is really, really good. So we're going to talk to her next, uh, Lisa Jewell, and then also uh, she's already got some kind of exciting news as far as this book uh, coming to either the on this day before Thanksgiving. We are absolutely thrilled and delighted. We. 
have Lisa Jewell with us, and she's a New York Times bestselling author. Her latest book is The Family Upstairs. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Hi. Good evening or good afternoon. Yeah, or... it is evening. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so, uh, you know, people people may have read you. This is your 17th book. Uh, I read Then She Was Gone, but this latest book, The Family Upstairs, your number seven on the New York Times bestseller uh, this week. I don't know if you got a whole, got uh, that news, Lisa. Oh, oh yes. Look, <laughs> I got I got about twenty different emails from my publishers and, oh. and a phone call and WhatsApp messages. And yes. it's so <laughs> okay. This book is such a page turner, and it is so diabolical and sweet at the same time. Oh, I like that. Do you like that? <laughs> I do. I do like that. I really like the word diabolical. Okay, so give people the setup of um, of your book, uh, The Family Upstairs. Um, yeah, so it's a book about, um, well, it's about three people, um, but it's, it's firstly, it's about um, a young girl called Libby, who um, she was adopted when she... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. She was a baby and she's always known that her birth parents had held something in trust for her that she would find out about on her 25th birthday. And she discovers on her 25th birthday that it <laughs> what was held in trust for her was an eight-bedroom mansion in Chelsea uh, overlooking the Thames in London, uh, which is a house worth several millions of pounds. Um, but, of course, because it's a thriller, and as you say, it's diabolical, um, this house comes with a load of very, very dark secrets. Her parents were found um, dead. She was she was upstairs in a cot as a baby. Her parents were found dead downstairs on the kitchen floor wearing black robes. Um, and her two teenage siblings disappeared that night and were never seen again. So yeah, it, it's her sort of trying to unpeel the layers of this of this big mystery that surrounds the house. Yeah, and it was it's so interesting how you tell the story from Henry, who's one of the kids, uh, Lucy, mm-hmm. his sister, and then Libby, who's the baby. Was there one character whose voice you liked writing in the best? Uh, yes. Yes, I mean, um, because Lucy, I'd been thinking about Lucy. In fact, Lucy was the first character to come to me, and I'd been thinking about her for months before I started writing the book, so I kind of had a really good idea about who she was. Libby, I sort of just developed her very quickly, knowing what role she needed to play in the book, but Henry was a bit of a revelation in that, I started off writing, he, he was like my historian, he was living in the house when the dark things were happening, mm-hmm. and and when we first meet him, he's only 10 years old, and he was this little boy, and I wrote him from the first person, because I wanted yes. to get inside his head, um, and he was this little boy, and I, I assumed he was just going to be this victim, and then I write him all the way through to the age of 16, 
uh, which is the age he is when when the bad things happen in the house and the mm-hmm. bodies are found in the kitchen. And by that point, he's a he's a completely different person. Yes. Um, and I I wasn't expecting any of those things to happen to his character as 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 he grew uh, on the page. He really took me by surprise. He ends up being quite an unreliable narrator, um, and really wrong footed me as the person responsible for writing him. And I think, yeah, therefore wrong foots the reader as well. Never knows quite quite how to make how, what to make of him. Well, and so, like, it sounds like, Lisa, that, you know, the, particularly with Libby and uh, Henry, where they have their lives, like, turned and what they think their lives are going to be is not yeah. what is going to happen. So, and it sounds like you had that same experience when you were actually writing these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with Libby, I knew what her role was going to be. She was going to be the innocent girl who inherits this um, this can of worms. Um, but yeah, with, with Henry, um, yes, I, 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 it all came to me as I was writing him. It was he, he kept he was he was a big surprise to write, um, and the way he told the story was a surprise to me as well because I didn't really know what the story was until Henry kind of uh, unpeeled it for me. And you allude to that in the acknowledgments at the end of the book. You know, uh, you thank somebody for how you ended up writing the last three chapters. And I I don't, I'm just going to bite my knuckle. I'm not going to (laughs) say one more thing because I don't want to give anyone a tip any which way. But I mean, the book is, is so great. The book is The Family Upstairs. And then we... Um, Red, I don't know if this just hap- happened, that the book has been optioned by Sony TV and the Hobbs and Show co-writer Chris Morgan. Is that right? This is entirely correct. Yes, this has happened, and it's been it's been out on press release now, so I feel comfortable talking about it. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be talking about it it's, before. I, yes, I, no, this, this has happened, so it's this happening. is very, very exciting. Have, have you optioned other of your books and then nothing happens, or yes. is this that you have? Okay. <laughs> over, over a 17-book career, you I have optioned many, many books, and nothing has ever happened. I've never seen anything come to the screen. Um, so please, please keep your fingers crossed for this and one. And you it know what? So I think, if it is it going to be a mini series or a movie, or you don't know yet? Yeah, what what's known as a limited series, limited which series, six, six six episodes, uh, with a view to extending it onto another series if the first series is successful. I, so, I, yeah, yeah, I guess I could really see this one happening because it would be very attractive to film. You have the south of France. Oh yes, yeah. You have a fan. You have Chelsea of London. You have the Thames. Yeah. I mean, you have like. And then this house is almost this other character, and yes, you've got. It, it to, is very filmic. Yes, it's going to be. Oh my gosh, we're going to say we oh, know well, you. Yes, <laughs> let's all hope. Let's all hope. No, it would be. It, it, would, be, it would be amazing. You're going to be like the next Big Little Lies, Lisa. Yes. That's what's well, happen. you know what? That's kind of. I think that's what Hollywood are after, isn't it? They're they're, they're looking at all these British. You know, I'm not not the, the Big Little Lies. She's Australian, isn't yes. she? And Moriarty. But they're looking at all these books and and yeah, with an eye to reproducing that success. And yeah, I can't see any reason why my book shouldn't be. That's right. That, and that, also, that I li- yes. I, I like that you have the the age ranges. You've got a couple of. Of, you know, guys in their 40s. I mean, you have such, you've got young people. I mean, you really do have this rich um, tapestry of characters in yeah. in this book. It's just, I I mean, I've just read one other book, your book, Then She Was Gone. But now mm-hmm. I need to go back and read everything that you've ever written. 
Oh, please do. I'd love that. Okay, would do right. that. <laughs> All right, so Lisa, are you watching The Crown? Are you a fan of that show? Oh, I watched the first series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, for some reason, I wasn't going to bother with the second one, but I keep getting really good feedback from people I know saying, oh, yeah, actually, you should watch it. So I'm definitely going to watch it. But, you know, for me, British person, yeah. I'm, I'm not an anti-monarchist, neither am I a monarchist. I never really had any feelings about our royal family whatsoever. Well, but watching that first series was the first time I think I felt any sort of spiritual kinship with the people who supposedly rule our country. Oh, you know, our little queen. She's yes. just so awesome. I, I know. have no idea. <laughs> she is so awesome. Yeah. I hate that Prince Andrew has caused the biggest scandal since uh, his great uncle abdicated the throne. I know. It was all going so well for the royal family, <laughs> and uh, and now this has happened, and it's just it's very unpleasant. Very unpleasant. It certainly is. Events. <laughs> uh, Lisa, what's the last great book that you read? <gasps> oh, the last the last great book that I read. Now, that's a tricky one. I am going to, I'm looking, I'm sitting right next to my reading pile, which is quite helpful um, oh, to good. jog my yeah. memory. Um, and I am looking at The Daughters of Foxcote Manor, which is a novel by Eve Chase, who is published in America, so I, I can say that quite safely. She writes these beautiful books about, um, interestingly, given the theme of my book, about um, old houses with histories, uh, dual time frame ones. Um, so somebody in the modern day going and finding this old house and then um, finding out about the family who used to live there in days gone by. Ooh, so ooh. And, so be- and she's a beautiful writer. And right. I think, yeah, it's coming out in America next year, I think. Well, you are a very suspenseful and a wonderful writer. Yes. And it, we, we can't wait to just read everything. We can't wait to have you on again. Are you starting a book tour soon? I just did one. You did. I was in Minneapolis, in fact. Oh, you're oh, kidding! Yeah, <laughs> I was there. I was there on um, November the fifth. Oh, for crying um, out yeah. loud! <laughs> well, I, you know, we are readers here in the Med- Midwest, and you probably had a lot of fans, and you can uh, sign us up as fans, and we're yes. going to keep our fingers crossed for the family upstairs to be the next big little lie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we think that would be fantastic. It was wonderful to meet you. Thanks so much. It was for wonderful being to on. meet you too. Thank you for having me on. Okay. Thanks, Happy Lisa. Thanksgiving. Thank yes. you. Thank you. The book okay. is. Thank you. The book is uh, The Family Upstairs by Lisa Jewell. It is. We're giving it four out of four stars. Yep. It's fantastic. Uh, we've got a couple copies to give away. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. We'll be right back.